as you know, no one's done more for me than this guy. He was my first partner on Raiders Radio, pre and post, my first partner on Behind the Shield, the TV show, one of the great Raiders of all time, Super Bowl champion George Atkinson. George, good to see you out of practice yesterday. How are you? Hey, man, it's good to be seen, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it, was, it was a nice practice. It was hot, but guys getting a lot of things done positively, and that's what you have to do this time of the year. George, let's talk about Cliff. Where did it begin? Your earliest memories, because I know you have so many, but it had to start at one point where you and Cliff just looked at each other with teammates and then started building this amazing bond. Yes, we did. We became actually his rookie season, JT. Uh, he and I became roommates, and they put Cliff with me, and we had a lot of conversations. He was eager to go and yeah, ready to get on the field and play ball. And he was supposed to relieve me as a punt returner. But that never manifested itself. Cliff had a few problems holding on to the ball as a returner. But he was definitely a dedicated guy. This guy worked, improved himself, and made himself a great wide receiver with the speed he had when he developed his hands to be the professional that he became. Uh, he deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. George, a lot of people have talked about this, from Coach Flores to Freddie, now you, that you know he had problems in the beginning, and you're his roommate. So what were right. those conversations like late at night and him getting on the practice field to get those extra reps in? Was he nervous about his future, or was it just a natural process he was going to get better? A natural process that uh, he, he was going through. He had to get better. He, he had a problem taking his eyes off the ball, so he would drop easy balls at times. And we used to sit in the room, and I would throw balls to him from all different angles. And he would, he would make the moves to catch him and catch him in his hand. He couldn't, couldn't catch it against his body. The rule was hey, all balls that are thrown to you, you catch in your hands. And we would catch balls all night until we go to sleep. Wake up in the morning, do the same thing. And he be one day you you wake up and Cliff's catching balls everywhere. And once he started, once he got the knack for catching and and the, and the uh, experience experience of catching footballs, it became natural to him. And once it became natural, he was deadly. George Atkinson, Raider legend, Super Bowl champ, joins us. So then it happened, and he talked about it. We've been playing some sound in 74. Now he hits his stride. Now he's one of the big deep threats out there. And then he quickly becomes arguably the greatest deep, deep threat in all of football as he wins his first Super Bowl with you. So once he got it right, George, he was off to the races, huh? Oh, without a doubt. Well, he had everything. Naturally, he was a natural athlete. He had the speed. He had the moves. Uh, he just had to develop his concentration and get his hands-eye coordination together, and he got that. He did that quickly, and like you say, he became not only the best; he was the one and only deep threat in the league that could go could hit it for you at any time. And he was the fastest guy in the league at the time he played. What about practice for you playing safety and Jack? And, you know, Soul, Soul Patrol won. And when you were there, Willie Brown, a great example, one of the greats of all time. What was it like bracketing his speed with a Hall of Famer in Casper, Hall of Famer in Freddie, Hall of Fame offensive line with Shell and Upshaw? When you're seeing this and you're playing the safety position and you're coming in noticing Cliff and where he is with these other great offensive weapons, what was that like? Oh, man. Hey, you know, it was a blessing for us, actually, as a defensive unit because we went against the best guys.
uh, in the league when you're talking about Cliff and uh, Raymond Chester was there also. Casper, mm-hmm. uh, uh Mike Siani, Warren Wells. I mean, it just was a plethora uh, of great wide receivers the Raiders had, and it benefited us as a defense because we got to work against these guys every day. So it made us better as uh, man-to-man cover guys, and that's what we were doing that time. We played man-to-man one-on-one. And to go against those guys every day, we had what you call two-line drill. And every day we would do that. Uh, defensive backs go against the receivers. So it sharpened us, although we got beat quite a bit because of the speed, <laughs> but it made us aware of the speed and it sharpened us as far as the defensive unit. The great George Atkinson is our guest. Best friends with Cliff Branch. They were soul brothers. I saw it close, and both these guys took me under their wing. So, George, when did the friendship, your teammates now for a while, when did you know it was different? You had a lot of friends. You're really tight with Mark Davis. You were very tight with Mr. Davis and Mrs. Davis, who's with us. When did you just know there was something different with Cliff, and he was going to be more than just a friend and a teammate on the field, but a brother off the field? Well, you know, we lived around the corner from each other in Oakland. So we got to hang with each other quite a bit, and we got to be with each other. We were at each other's house all the time. We would watch film together, and the bond started actually, JT, the first day we became roommates. I mean, it didn't take long for he and I to become best friends and become real good friends, and we hung together quite a bit. Uh, I can remember uh, when the league went on strike one year when it was called No Freedom, No Football. Uh, the first strike I think the NFL had. Cliff and I, we were locked out of camp in the whole bit. We got in the car and just drove and wound up in Los Angeles for a couple of weeks, not knowing anybody there. Just hung out together. And we used to do things like that. I mean, just impulsively, we would just get in the car and do something, go somewhere. And we shared a lot of moments together and a lot of thoughts. And I shared a lot of his dreams that he had of becoming the best wide receiver in the league. And uh, our friendship just blossomed over time. You know, fast forward, my wife and I were able to see that. We're in London and we're hanging out, having drinks late at night. And you're like, me and Cliff are going to be in the lobby. We're going to Amsterdam in the morning. We get down there. We're having coffee. And you and him were there like kids getting ready to travel together. There were times where – so Cliff liked to drive. He liked to drive all the time. And you, you've been known to do that, too. So every once in a while, you'd get a whim and you'd go on this road trip, you two guys. Did you tell anybody or you just say, no. hey, we're gonna, you wouldn't even tell anybody, huh? No, we just say, hey, get in the car and go, man. <laughs> wherever the car took us uh, and wherever we decide this is where we want to be, boom, that's where we were. And we, we, we with the strike year, we were not planning on going to L.A. And we just, one night, you got your credit card? Yeah, I got mine. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it was. Everybody. Well, and, and you know, yeah. I miss the guy. I think about him all the time. We used to talk at least once a day. And that phone call would never fail with him getting in touch or me getting in touch. And I kind of miss that quite a bit. Uh, miss him. Uh, How'd you ha- George, how'd you handle the news when you when you heard it? Because Cliff liked to sign. You never knew. He was always at a signing. He could be anywhere, but you guys were checking in. If you could share with our audience, because they really love Cliff and you, what it was like and how you were able to handle that news that day. Well, the Thursday before he passed, 
we talked. She was on, uh, on getting ready to go down to, uh, I want to say, Utah, mm-hmm. was it? Utah and, and Arizona. Uh, he passed in yeah. Arizona. Yeah. Right. Arizona, right. And he, he, he was coming from maybe Utah going to Arizona. And he called, he would always call, Rumi, I'm here. Let me know he got there okay. And I didn't get a phone call from him for a couple of days. And we were in camp. And I got a phone call from Mark that uh, I think it was that weekend uh-huh. telling me that Cliff had passed. And I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. I was grieving for quite some time. You know, this guy and I were like brothers. And we shared a lot together. And uh, we had a lot of dreams that we may, may come true by uh, sitting down and talking about things we want to do and how we want to do it. Uh-huh. Those things happen for us, and I miss a guy like like crazy. I mean, I miss the phone calls every day, and I miss his presence, and just miss Cliff, man. Yeah, George Atkinson as we wrap it up. And the relationship with you, Mark and Cliff, because Mark loses Cliff too, and this you guys were all brothers. And when I saw you yesterday up in the stands before we sat down and spoke, I could just see Mark's like a brother to you and right back from him to you and you know, I, I, this is a big moment for Mark and you, the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton. Let's wrap it up on what it means to you, Mark, the family, Elaine. We just had one of his nephews call in before you came on. What does this mean for you and the Branch family as you get to celebrate at the ultimate spot in all of football, the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Uh, you know, it puts a cap on a, an exciting career, a guy who was a super overachiever, who became the best wide receiver in the league deserving of the Hall of Fame long before this. And, I, you know, I said the same thing about Kenny. It's too bad that it, that he was gone when they recognized him. You know, Cliff Branch was a special person to me, and uh, for him to go into the Hall of Fame, you know, it was is it definitely deserving, and it should have happened a long time ago, JT. Uh, just too bad he's not here to receive his own award that he worked hard to achieve. And too bad it just took the Hall of Fame so long to recognize his greatness and his accomplishments. Yeah, he's going to want a great party, and you'll be at the center of it. George, yes, thanks sir. for doing this. If I don't see you at a practice earlier, I'll catch you in Canton. Can't wait to celebrate Cliff with you. You got it, my friend. Take care. Have a blessed day.